top shelf fantasy. All right, podcast 135. Craig Dows, Tom, got a book burner on here. Jeffrey, main event, 12-pick uh, rookie draft. It's a little early, but... Uh, yeah, welcome to the big leagues, Jeff. This isn't, <laughs> yeah. this isn't tossing a few bucks around. <laughs> Proud to be here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're hoping this is a quick one, but at least before the uh, the draft happens, this is kind of, I think, where everybody's you know feeling as far as rookies go. I think there's obvious tiers as far as rookies. Uh, so I think... Us walking through 12 picks will help people make decisions. Okay, if I'm at pick eight, maybe I want to trade out. Maybe I want to trade up. You know, where does the tier break, the talent break actually happen? I know Craig's been slaving away at some uh, athletic scores, stuff like that. Uh, so, again, Top Shelf Fantasy, TopShelfFantasy.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf FNT is why. If you're listening, you know who we are anyway, so. That's, uh, yeah, and that's if you're fantastic. listening, I know we said it's going to be a quick one, but if you're a shelfie, you know that we're a little long-winded. <laughs> um, I did just want to take a couple of minutes real quick and just kind of talk about, like, maybe what's going on. Um, I know we're still looking to fill up listener league slots, so if you're listening, tweet at us. Top Shelf FNT is why. Let us know you want to get into a, a, uh, a listener league. Um, I know we you have... Know you guys are going to have a big prize this year, like that Kenny Galladay jersey? Yeah, yeah so we'll we're working else. on Probably that. Probably another career. Uh, yeah, you know the usual. Yeah, who, who are we, we trying start to start to do what Madden did and just pick retired players and give that away? <laughs> Who's on your dynasty team, Jeff? Alvin Kamara, <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Oh my god, I'll happily spend four hundred bucks to get a Kamara jersey just to jinx Jeff's team. The problem oh, is, thanks. I have so many like rookies on my team that are like like people want their jerseys that, and they're going to be cheaper because they're not like the Alvin Kamara superstars that. Maybe it'll be, oh, yeah. end up being, we'll get like a TJ Hawkinson jersey and he'll just be done for a career. Well, no, no more Lions jerseys. <laughs> no more Lions jerseys, true. I got my client that uh, Devin Singletary jersey and then he had the worst career, like worst season ever last year. It's <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and Jeff, I don't know from the book burner perspective, what's going on uh, as far as betting. I know that there is a big March Madness push that was going on. So if anybody was following on Twitter, uh, you can go ahead and, and and see some of that. I'm hearing an echo of myself, so I hope this doesn't pick up in the recording. Um, I clean on my end. I think uh, the the burners just put out some Masters content. I'm pretty sure I saw that over the the last couple of days. Did Baldy so. put out Masters bets? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know that he posted Masters bets. Um, oh, maybe we're just hammering around in our group yeah, chat. But <laughs> we uh we tried to run through the NCAA tournament. You know, hammered Gonzaga for a while, and then they fell flat in both Final Four games. So yeah. if you bet Gonzaga in both those games, you got toasted <laughs> in games that you didn't really expect to get toasted the way that they did. Um, and then right now we're trying to we're trying to start hunting baseball, but we don't want to start giving other people picks while we're still trying to find the trends and trying to find all like the the the, the right um, things to bet on. <laughs> yeah, like the right lines to target. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to give somebody advice on how to lose their money. You know, we're trying to get people into a, an advantageous position to make money. That's so I would nice like of you. to know the next time Zach Granke throws another EFS. 
if you can find oh. that out for me. <laughs> Did he throw one yesterday? I, yeah, saw him get, it was... I saw him get hammered in the first four innings, and it was like, Jesus Christ, I bet that line at minus one and a half and got toasted on it. <laughs> 51 mile per hour, Ephus is beautiful. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> that looks like me on the mound. Yeah, see, the only thing that's different is Jeff calls that a fastball. Yeah. <laughs> that's the smoke. Um. All right, well, that's good. So stay tuned. Do you know the Twitter handle off the top of your head for the burners? Is it just book burners? TSF burners. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is off the top. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the uh, social media savvy at all. Um, but once Dows gets that, we can go ahead and uh, and plug that real quick too, because that's where all the picks are going up. Um, I don't think we've done too many podcasts or anything. Maybe there was one. Um, yeah, it's, it's at TSF book burners. At TSF book burners. So top shelf fantasy. Uh, top shelf FNTSY for an entry into the listener league. TSF book burners to go ahead and, and get some bets uh, as we start gearing up towards the football season. A uh, couple of minor pieces of news. Um, I know Scotty wanted to mention it. Weeks uh, is going to be a 17 week season. Uh, no, I don't think anybody knows how they're going to handle that yet, but just worth mentioning. Uh, it's worth mentioning for all of your fantasy leagues. If you're out there, like that's something that you need to talk about prior to draft, really, because you need to know what you're doing. Playoff format. More like right. more important than anything. Playoff format. Yeah. How many weeks are you going to play? Are you going to play a full 17? Are you going to do what we usually do and cut out the last week? You got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah and we'll, and we'll I, talk we about that. We had a nice that. little uh, thing floating around, a nice little graphic. We could post that to our uh, to our page on Twitter as well, help you out. That pretty much underlines all the options that you have out there. Uh, Gio Bernard, he got cut, and he's in Tampa now. Um, so <laughs> let's just convolute that backfield even more, which, yeah, you which... Know, sucks. Um, well, unfor- I think, well, Shady's not coming back. They didn't get James. <laughs> Shady White. wasn't a factor uh, last trying... year. <laughs> oh, I know he was nothing, but they actually, uh, Arians came out and said either it was him or the offensive coordinator and said the reason they signed him was because they struggled with drops last year out of the running back, uh, group. And it made a lot of sense. We could all see it. So, right. And a lot of people were saying that they were a candidate to take one of these top tier running backs towards the end of the first round. And, that's really not on the table anymore, especially if their concern was drop passes. You don't go and pick up a rookie running back who probably ends up dropping passes in the NFL's first season. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, well, and another team I think we thought was going to end up drafting a, a running back, the Arizona Cardinals, they signed James Conner. Uh, I don't know what the deal was. Um, so if, I don't know if you guys know. One year veteran minimum. Okay. Well, that's, okay. A, that's a tough pill to swallow. If you, I'm sorry. James Conner feels like he's like 35. Yeah. And I think he's 26. Um, I think so. And uh, Julian Edelman. It's not really fantasy news because he, he hasn't really been – he wasn't relevant last year to injuries. But as uh, as Pats fans, this is this one hits home. So Edelman retires. Um, I, I think all of us in New England have our fingers crossed that he's not going to unretire and then just go play in Tampa. So, um that would hurt. That would, that would hurt me deep in my soul, but I think he's done. Um, I heard word on the street is he's already back in LA. He's not, he's not going down to Tampa. He's in, he's in Cali chilling, not, not even prepping for a season. All right. Well, well his uh, wonderful farewell message, he beamed up to space at the end. So he very well could be in space. <laughs> did he really? Yeah, did anybody check You space? didn't see that? I haven't uh, seen yeah. it. No, it was a, it was a whole thing as in Julian Edelman style is very dramatic. And uh, he's sitting there at the midfield and then walks away. After the screen kind of cuts to black, he shows back up and he goes, beam me up, clicks on his like (laughs) fake wristwatch and then just disappears. He's a character. (laughs) Dude. Well, all right. 
Um, I'm staring at his catch. I got it framed. It's beautiful against the Falcons. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I, I think that's about it for news um, from a fantasy perspective, but we're trying to start to focus a lot on dynasty. So again, getting into a rookie draft, we gave Jeff pick one. So Jeff has to make the tough decision on on who's he going with with pick one. And then hopefully we'll provide you know a little bit of insight why we feel the way that we do when we pick the player or whatever. So Jeff, you're officially on the clock. You're, you're not timed or anything, but Pick one officially and on the clock. you are officially on the clock. And it, it's important to note too, that in our actual dynasty draft, I don't think you had, you don't have any skin in this draft. So I think this, this for you either is, I don't even know if you've been thinking about what rookies you're going to pick. Cause you don't have any picks. Right. Cause I, <laughs> I traded all my picks. And Craig doesn't either. So I mean, there's, yep. Look at that third round guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, anyways, for, for 1.01, I think most people are going to be stuck between Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. I think that's the the obvious one-two running back slots. Um, I think without knowing what system they're going to land in, it's really a tougher decision. Because like last year, like DeAndre Swift would have been my number one running back, and then he landed in Detroit, and that brings him down the board. And CH lands in Kansas City and you think he's got an opportunity and Jonathan Taylor lands in Indianapolis, but he's playing with Max. So all these things are so system based and situation based, but objectively, if I can take out the system and where they're going to land and just go objectively, I think at 101, I would go with Najee Harris. I mean, he, he profiles as a big back. He's got a lot of power and he's not just one dimensional where he's just going downhill. You know, he breaks arm tackles. He sheds, he sheds, um, he sheds first tackles routinely stays on his feet and stays balanced. And he's also a big factor in the passing game, which is like a massive thing for a rookie to come in and actually catch passes. You know, his, his junior year, he caught 27 balls and his senior year last year, he caught 43 passes, which is a huge number for a running back in Alabama's system where they're slinging it downfield all day. So I think you're going to get a lot of productivity from him day one. And Najee Harris, I think is one Oh one. Yeah, and I'm up at 102, and I think I probably would have done the exact same thing. That's just my uh, take, is that I think Harris's body type is going to be able to last a little bit longer in the NFL. Um, and I think with this pick as well, with, you know, all that you said about landing spot is extremely correct. You know, we're, we're, we're going to have that, you know, discussion probably throughout this entire draft. But I do want to look at athletic-based players, uh, specifically coming up in this, and I don't know if I would ever do this as just a dynasty player um, coming up uh, with my team and whatever my team need might be. Um, I do think running backs are probably the cream of the crop, always going to go first if you have those top tier guys. Um, but I think another player in this draft that really does come up as a top tier guy is Jamar Chase. And I think that that might be where I'd be leaning in this selection at number two uh, over ETN. Um, he's just been a guy that I know that in 2020, he didn't play. Um, but in, you know, 2019, he was able to put up, you know, absurd numbers. I mean, we had 1700, you know, receiving yards, 21 yards per catch. Um, his, his receiving touchdowns were a little low. I, uh, I may have a mistake there, but the thing here, he caught, he caught 20 as a sophomore. He caught 20 as a sophomore. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that very well could be what his, what that year was. Um, I think it was, I had two here. I must have forgot the zero. So 20. Yeah, yeah that sounds 20. pretty good. Yeah. Um, he ran a four, three, four at his pro day, which is, you know, a great number, but realistically, I think people need to know about Jamar chases. 
all his other athletic numbers were fantastic as well. I do an athletic score grade where I do take into account all the past five year uh, scores in of, of all the um, uh, combine numbers. And I do actually have an algorithm that I use and it comes out that uh, Jamar Chase has the second highest athletic score of wide receivers this year, second to uh, Rondale Moore, who is obviously a tiny little demon and <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Uh, is the is the highest uh, this this season? So Jamar Chase at the style of route running and 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 everything that you've seen on tape from 2019. Yes, it was a little while ago. Yes, it did take some time off. I just think he's just otherworldly. I think this wide receiver is and could be a you know a, a wide receiver one for maybe years to come. Maybe not next year. We'll see where the landing spot is. But this is a guy that's a generational type player. So I actually have the one on one in our actual dynasty draft and like I'm I'm seriously considering taking Jamar Chase at one because I just think he's that good. Um, I mean, how can you not? He won he won Belindikoff in two thousand nineteen over Justin Jefferson, who just broke the rookie receiving record this year. You know what I mean? And he played alongside him and was better than him. Right. So and yeah. and and like and that's when I look at what Jamar Chase is and what he's done, and yeah, he didn't play in 2020, but like at the same time, you see what he did in 2019. You see his combine scores. You just go, does it matter? Like the dude was NFL ready last year. Like why, why, you know, chance getting hurt and screwing your draft capital. So that's such a good point. Like he took an entire season off and is still the best wide receiver. And you, and Craig, you gave us the numbers. He smashed DK Metcalf. And DK yes. Metcalf is a free. So the way I'll work it out, and I'll tell you, so the 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 highest I've ever seen was eight point six six, which is Kyle Pitts. The second highest would be, or, or, or prior to this year, it was Henry Ruggs at eight point zero seven five, and then DK Metcalf was eight point zero five. So Ruggs and DK Metcalf are really close, neck and neck. This year, I think some Pro Bowl numbers did get in the way of the actual metric. Um, Because the little things are kind of more skewed towards their college pro days. But Jamar Chase's number just completely blew DK Metcalf's out of the water, which was half of a point higher, which in my metric is a very, very large number. Unreal. So I I was kind of hoping that Chase fell to me at three here. I kind of thought you were going to go ETN. Um I'm actually I, I, I I've been a, an ETN truther for the last two years. I've been after this guy to get him in Dynasty uh, for a while, and I have pick one hundred and one, and I can do it. And I don't think I'm going to do it. And here I am at pick three, and I, I still don't think I'm going to take him. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts, um, and I know this is Dow's boy, but this guy it just I etn first off i'm knocked on etn for his size and then he put on you know 15 pounds to go to 215 and he runs a 4-4 like his pro day in his 2020 season didn't show me that he's going to be this special back right kyle pitts came in and said i'm going to be this special athlete that just doesn't come into the nfl all the time uh 240 ran a 4-4 i mean he ran faster than etn and, and, I mean, I would imagine faster than Najee Harris, not too much slower than Chase, and, and he's playing the tight end position. I mean, there's so many teams out there. You see the NFL molding schemes around the tight end and bringing them on the line, splitting them out wide. He's the type of player that's just always going to be on the field, whether it's a run, whether it's a pass, whether it's a play action. I mean, the, the chances of teams going goal line 
and running a play action pass and dumping it off to Pitts in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, that's that's gold. And if there's any truth to fantasy uh, applications allowing him to be a wide receiver, this makes this pick even better. If he comes into the NFL draft as a wide receiver, I mean, there's a very strong you know case to be made that he should be one on one. I feel like it's his position that holds him back. But I think at 103, and, and this is really where I want to get the, the context of all of this out of, is he he's probably the most athletic and best prospect in this entire draft. If you took team need and position, you know, uh, if you if you didn't put such an emphasis on certain positions, Kyle Pitts is just, he's just a fantastic prospect. I, we haven't seen this in the NFL in quite some time. No, like, like you said, all things being equal, he's probably the number one guy. If you could slot them all into the same exact role in the same exact offense, he might be your number one. And there's, there's an argument to be made. And I think you mentioned briefly um, that teams are going to look for him in the, in the end zone or in the red zone. He did not drop a single red zone target in his entire career, which is unreal. Like if he comes in with hands for a rookie tight end, you're, you're, you're sky's the limit. So I'm shocked you took him at three. I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'll tell you, landing spot will matter if he is in yeah, a place yes. where that they might, yeah. you know, use him to block at all, or if they, if he goes in where there's no wide receivers, it, it's a, it's a home run because they are going to use him as a receiving tight end. But if yeah. if he is on the line at least fifty percent of the game, three is high for dynasty. But you know, you never know where his landing spot is. And it, he it is like you said, your... he is the top freaking dog of this draft i mean the nfl i think he'll probably go before jamar chase in the real draft but uh we'll, we'll see oh, yeah, it depends also on your on your team composition if you need if you have a hole at tight end you can't go wrong you even if you drafted him at 101 if you have a hole at tight end and he's going to play that for you it's a beautiful pick yeah. if you don't I mean, need a tight there's end plenty, there's plenty <laughs> of people that are sick of having to go with robert tunyon to logan thomas to all these other guys that just throwing them in each week right, unless you, you have a travis kelsey or, guy right yeah if you want that guy if you're jealous of travis kelsey yeah kyle pitts is your guy mm-hmm. all right we'll move on to number four for the guy who just should have been already picked by now he's sitting in the green room friggin' stewing uh travis etienne like come on guy um i mean for me if you remove the idea of where these guys go and situation being important, you go running back, like running back in dynasty, young running back is a a premier commodity or a a top priority to get on your team. If you can have these guys, I want the most athletic, the best running back. And Etienne's been that guy for the better part of three years. People like, Hey, come out last year. I would have drafted you, you know, one Oh one he decided to stay in college and apparently he's taken a hit on his draft stock, at least in fantasy. We'll see what happens in the real life uh, in real life when the time comes. But I think if he had come out last year and you had seen him on KC instead of Clyde Edwards, you're looking at an elite level running back. If he comes out this year and gets in the right situation, I want him on my team. I think we'd all agree. If he goes to a, a great situation, he might, uh, leapfrog over Kyle Pitts in your pick, Tom. I mean, you could speak to that. If if you had the right situation, I think you'd probably lean running back. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. But for me, if Etienne falls to four, I'm snagging him right there. I'm not thinking about another running back. It's really Harris, Etienne. I'm not thinking about any other wide receiver at that spot yet because I think after Chase, it's a big drop-off, and Pitts is the only tight end going to be drafted in the first probably three rounds of Dynasty formats. Yeah, so, and Etienne, lock it in. 
Yeah, and I, I just wanted to go back to that pick that, I mean, if we knew landing spots as of today, I, I do agree that ETN stock could probably, you know, he, he could be the number one pick if he hits the right landing spot, right? I'm just looking at this from like, who's the most bust proof? And that's like kind of where I'm looking at it. I'm like, ETN could easily bust. Do you know what I mean? And you look at oh, like like Chase yeah. and Pitts. I don't think, I, I think they're almost bust proof in a sense that they're going to be used ETN and and I just want to put this in perspective. Like people talk about dominator ratings and stuff like that. ETN scored seventy eight touchdowns in his four collegiate careers, and he was over fifteen hundred yards from scrimmage in his sophomore year. Like those are two like massive defining uh, metrics that people look at from like a, a dominator productive uh, production ranking. Like ETN, he wasn't Clemson because obviously T Law was there and Higgins and. And uh, Justin Ross, to a sense, but I, I, it, it is very hard for me to sit here and say that ETN isn't, you know, the best pick um, because I've been so high on him. But like, I do feel like there is a level of, of, you know, if, if he lands in the wrong, like if he lands in Jacksonville or like, you know, Detroit for some reason drafts a running back, you know, and that's the same that can be said for any of these. Um, and oh, I, I mean, especially when you think the first running back off the board could be in the back quarter of the draft, he could go to watch the Ravens take another running back and me oh, just Lord. blow my brains out. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. No, that please, would be terrible. Please no. um, it's not unreasonable. Yeah. And I, and we'll, we'll jump back to the draft here. Um, Jeff's at 105. But yeah, I did want to just jump in real quick and just say I, I personally and you guys can jump in real quick. I think this is where the talent level starts to drop off. Um, I, I think these top four make up tier one and now we're entering tier two. I don't know if you guys feel differently, but, um, no, that's, that's, that's totally what I was going to lead off with is that like, this is the clear, I think this is the clear separation. I think the, there's two running backs that are locked in ETN and Harris. There's one wide receiver that's locked in and there's one tight end that's locked in. And after that, that top tier of four guys, there's a steep, there's a steep step down afterwards, you know, and you're looking at like a totally different level of talent. So if you do a league like us, where you have pre-slotted salaries, you might be looking to trade back. (laughs) This is, this is where the psycho. So this is our psycho league where we have, yeah, this is very hard to put that contextually into a, into a regular time. Right now it's a little (laughs) tough. Well, if you listen to the program for a while, you know about our psycho league and our salary dynasty and yada, yada, yada. But if you're paying a premium for these positions at five, then I'm, I'm, that's where I'm, that's where I'm looking to move down or out like a real NFL team. So, I mean, but I mean, last point on ETN, I mean, if he had come out last year, he would have been, he would have been the running back one drafted first, you know, I mean, he would have been over JT, over CEH, over Swift, Akers, Dobbins, you know what I mean? So I think I I I have to agree to that. To be able to get him now where Dows is doing this, this mock draft and he gets him at 104. If you're at 104 and you have the opportunity to pick a guy of that caliber, you have to, you know what I mean? It, it's it's alarming that you could get him in a spot like that, but that's the world yeah. we live in. <laughs> so, but anyways, with 105, you know, I don't think that I'd be looking at another running back. I think some of the running backs that come in now are, are a, a step down from Najee and ETN naturally. And I think the, the next most talented person on the board is Devontae Smith. You know, I mean, he put up, one of the best wide receiver seasons in college history. You know, he got 121 for 1,862 yards and 24 scores. Um, the first wide receiver Heisman winner since 1991. Um, and 
when he gets the ball in space, he's just so elusive and shifty that like you can't you can't catch this dude. And the the thing that I think is like really important about him is he doesn't always have to catch the ball with his body, which is something that a lot of these college kids do is they have to wait for the ball to get into their chest. And he doesn't have to do that. You know, he catches it in stride with his hands and keeps his body moving and gets upfield. And I think that's going to play at the NFL level. The thing that's alarming is six one one seventy. You know what I mean? He's literally a beanpole. You know, somebody might hit him at the line and he literally might not move. So his ability <laughs> yeah. to get off the line is going to be like, extremely extremely important for him to learn how to get those good releases and get off these corners because like a richard sherman is not going to let him move so right yeah and me and Corey looking for him he's like i'm jammed to the line coach i can't get off off the box (laughs) man i don't know what to do figure it out this is this has been the biggest thing with him too and like me and Corey joked before that he may have not even done his pro day specifically because he didn't want to see 150 pop up on the scale right and and then that even be even more of a red flag um you know, there's something that uh, also Corey has talked about is the adding the weight for Hollywood Brown. And that's what something is going to have to change in Smith's game. You can't play at the NFL level at 175 pounds when you're six one. You just can't do it. Um, you know, there, there will be a change to that. Yeah, they let um, Hollywood do it for one year and said, OK, that, that was cute. Now put on some weight, hit the weight room. Right. And so the next pick I, I have, I think it was it would be between the two Alabama wide receivers, and I think yeah, I think you're right to go with Smith over Waddle due to the fact that he has um, all the all this you know prowess and numbers, and I do think he's going to find a better spot. Um, he could translate to the NFL on the outside at some point if he does add that weight. Uh, he, can Jaylen, his body, he can fill his body out. You know, he's six one. You can still put weight on him, and he can still end up will, a, a big guy. And NFL training programs, yep. no way they're going to let him finish a whole, you know, season or maybe even two with that weight. You know, that will happen. They, he will add that weight. Um, Jalen Waddle, I think, is going to be my next pick. Um, I do like uh, one of the other running backs left on the board. I do think it's too early for Trevor Lawrence. We do know that he's going to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm pretty sure that's more etched in stone than anything else in this draft. And uh, Jalen Waddell is a player that prior to Devontae Smith, you know, during the Jerry Judy days um, at Alabama, he was also uh, a top dog and he was supposed to be, um, you know, thought of pretty highly going into this year. Unfortunately, he did have some injury concerns um, and that is going to be weighing around him. Um, but he is a fantastic route runner. Uh, he is someone that does take care for Judy. I think that they, you know, he's a he's a bigger, um, you know, he's, he's listed at 182, but he plays bigger than that. Um, he's pretty strong uh, from from what I've seen, um, and he is he is a yards after catch kind of guy. There is a spot in all NFL offenses for a player like him, um, and I, and I do feel with his athleticism and everything that you do see on tape while healthy, uh, he is going to be able to be a guy that can produce, you know, for your dynasty team. Just because I don't think that I don't have a, a, a running back graded higher uh, than I would have for Waddle, I do think that he could last a little bit longer. He he could he's probably the most risky. I think uh, without running in circles, I think Jalen Waddle is probably the most risky. Uh, but I am gonna take him here. I think it's a fair pick. I we talked about it a little bit before on the on the previous pod, and I agree. He, I mean. The Alabama guys come from a system that's pro-ready, too. I think that's always a big bonus in, as far as translating into a pro game quickly. So, I like your pick, Craig. I like a cut, G. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What are we at? Pick 107? Pick 107. Yep. 
Um, I'm going to take Javante Williams here, and I was really back and forth between him and uh, Rondell Moore. Um, I think Moore's a fantastic athlete, but when I look at Javante Williams and I look at him 5'10", 220, I mean, he is like the prototypical RB. Like, if you could build a running back, you build a 5'10", 220-pound running back. Like, he's got the size. He's got the speed. Um, I mean, he ran a 4'5", which I guess isn't, like, off the charts, but, like, that's NFL starting running back worthy. Um, he had 19 touchdowns uh, in his final year at uh, at UNC, 7.3 yards per carry. So, like, his production's there, and he caught 25 balls. So, I mean, he can, he can go out and catch that. The only thing that makes me, like, really nervous about him is Michael Carter in the sense that they had, like, a dead-even split. Both of them split you know, 300 uh, some odd carries and 50 total catches. They they evenly split that like right down the middle, each of them with like 150 carries, 25 catches. So the fact he couldn't shake Mike, Michael Carter might make me feel a little bit different. Uh, but again, running back at pick seven at 5'10", 220, that produces the way that he produced. I, I just, I feel more comfortable with that than, you know, the 5'8". Well, I don't know what uh, uh, Rondell Moore's size is. Hold on, I'll look it five, up real quick. Six. Yeah, he's 5'7", five, five, 181. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know if I feel that way. I don't really know how I feel about Bateman right now. Um, so I'd rather go with the running back. And honestly, watching Javante Williams' tape, I mean, it, he looks like a good running back. I have concerns, so like if you wanted to go grab another one, one of those wide receivers, sure, fine. Like I'm not gonna knock you, but I think at 107 to get a running back who he should be able to contribute to an NFL team right away. I mean, again, depending on where he lands, I mean, this is I think kind of where I'm feeling at 107. You can get a running back his caliber. You're you're in a good spot. Yeah, I was looking at him too for my next pick at 108, but. Since you took him, I'm going to take the guy who I'm actually pretty big on. And you mentioned his prototypical size at running back, what you would like. Well, here's a guy with prototypical size that I'd like at wide receiver. Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU, six foot three, 200 pounds. He's got an injury history. Like, that's, that's for certain. But he's a guy that will always have a spot on an NFL roster. He can play outside. And a lot of teams are looking for that right now. But not only that. He's one of the best athletes in the draft. He ran a 4-4 at 6'3", 200. He has one of Craig's highest uh, uh, athletic scores that we've seen him pull out. And on top of that, he has a perfect passer rating when thrown to outside in the past two seasons at LSU. Now, it's LSU, so he's had a quarterback throwing to him the entire time, which is obviously beneficial. But he's still going to go get that ball every time, and they throw the ball a ton in that system. So he's a guy that has shown that he can do it on the field. He's got the athleticism to slot in at the NFL level right away. And assuming or hoping that he lands in the right situation, he should be on the field more often than not. Now, as far as physical comps, I don't know who I'm going to comp him to exactly. He could really be like, I don't know, a Michael Pittman kind of style. But let's see. I don't know. I just, I I love the pick. I like this. I like this kid at eight versus taking a, a running back who's more of a role player or a wide receiver who might be more of a slot guy who's a little bit smaller and maybe a little bit undersized. I'd rather go with a big guy. Call me a call me a size queen, if you will. But <laughs> well, dude, I mean, LS, I mean we, LSU pumps out wide receivers. Yeah, I was gonna and, say. And I, mean, I think I said on on our last pod, I think he's your best shot at this year's Justin Jefferson. Oh, that's a that's a well, maybe maybe that's your comp right there is Justin Jefferson. 
I mean, I freaking hope so. That'd be a great <laughs> comp at eight and what Jefferson went nine in our league last year. So you should have passed on him because don't you have pick nine in our dynasty draft? Yep. Yeah, placate to that a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jeff's back up with it with pick nine. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys ruined for sure the next two guys that I was targeting. For sure the next two guys I was targeting were, was um, Williams and uh, and Marshall. I mean, I think that – I think Javante Williams getting him at 107 I think is an extreme value. I think, I think he has the potential to be – the best running back in this draft after those top two guys you know he if he lands in the right spot you know you might get a guy that can end up a an rb1 as a rookie on, a, on the back end so i think that's extreme value there and i think i think marshall's another crazy value to be able to get at 108 so um but looking at the players that are that are remaining i don't love most of the running backs that are left i don't love most of the wide receivers that are left and kyle pitts is obviously gone so i think at 109 i would do the safe thing and just take the sure thing in Trevor Lawrence and lock up my dynasty quarterback for the next 10 years. You know, this, this kid's going to come into the league. He's going to be a stud. He's not going to, he's not going to disappoint you. You know, this is like, it's like Andrew Luck when he came in, you know, it's basically a bust proof pick. You know, you're setting yourself up for success. You're putting yourself into a situation that you don't have to worry about. You don't have to think about quarterback anymore and you can just plug and play him and not worry about it. So, you know, it's the same thing with like last year, you know, you could have drafted, Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow came into the league and he was extremely productive. You know, me and Dow's even made a bet on Burrow. I thought he was going to be less productive as a rookie as he ended up being. And he turned into, he, he could have been a quarterback one last year. And for the next 10 years, he's probably going to be a quarterback one and you don't have to worry about it. So for dynasty, I think, I think taking the the safe pick in Trevor Lawrence in this spot, because there is no extreme value in running back in wide receiver here for me is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. you bastard. And knowing the situation, he's going to Jacksonville. Sweet. I love the clarity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's there's and you're completely right. There's no one else left at this point that you can say is is generational or you know safe enough for for the spot. Now at, at my pick right after you at ten, I, that's where I have to make a decision on you know let's I don't want to say flip a coin, but it's who do you believe in more and who do you believe in most? Um, I'll tell you what I like the player of Trey Sermon uh, as running back, but I don't think it's going to translate to fantasy points. Um, I think he's going to be great for the NFL, but I'm not sure how much that's really going to translate because he is more of a power guy, less a receiving guy. And I don't think that there's going to be much coming from that area. So I am going to go back over to wide receivers. So I'll get a trifecta of wide receivers here. Um, and I'm going to go with one of the other most athletic uh, in this draft. And that's Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Um, you know, talking about four, three, sevens, high verts at 39 and a half, uh, his Conan shuttle, everything again, uh, very athletic with Florida. He was one reason why Kyle Trask was able to thrive, um, being able to get just about everything and anything that was thrown to him. He was, uh, his main, uh, target and that is over Kyle Pitts as well. Um, you know, the two of them worked really well together. I think that helped out Trask. Um, sometimes you can say in college that, the receivers can help out the quarterback or the quarterback can make the wide receivers. I think it's vice versa in this scenario. I think both Pitts and Tony to an extent made Kyle Trask. Uh, if not, Kyle Trask would be talked about as a top three quarterback in this year's NFL draft that he's not. Um, so I think that that's another, you know, six foot one ninety three kind of guy. Um, you know, that's exactly the same frame as what Jerry Judy was. Um, you know, he comes from Florida, not Alabama. So I think that there's a little bit of a, a, you know, shadow on him for not having that 
you know, top wide receiver school. Uh, but I do think he's a he's a tremendous pick in in the first round in Dynasty this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, and I think this is, uh, Craig, exactly right. Like, this is where you start flipping those coins. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence was here, I would have taken him. Like, I, I think, I feel like this exercise we're doing is take the most talented player that's, that's available. And I think that's what a lot of us are doing. That's why you saw me, like, take Pitts at three and you see Jeff take Trevor Lawrence because they're just almost sure of things, right? Um, and this is where you can start to just, pick the guys that you like and and you think that might pan out. I'm taking the little the, the little B stinger, Rondell Moore, 5'7", 181. Uh but he ran a 43 with a 42 and a half inch uh vert, which just like this dude, I don't know. I I took a shot on Jalen Rager last year. I I take a shade on uh a shot on Rondell Moore to be the next Steve Smith. I mean, somebody's got to do it. He, he plays like an aggressive little teeny person. Now his, his injury history is not great. Like he's probably going to get hurt the second he sits on, on an NFL roster, but green Bay Packers never got the Will Fuller that they were trying to get. And Rondell Moore, a day two pick most likely if he ends up with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, shit, I'd take a, I'd take a shot on that at pick. I don't even know where we're at here. Pick 11. If you can get me the number two wide receiver, you know, in that offense, I'll, I'll take it. I think that Rondell Moore has a place in the NFL. Um, I mean, I, people could probably crucify me for making him a first-round pick, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know where he's going to be, and I see 4-3, I see a 42-and-a-half-inch vert. I mean, the guy produced in Purdue as a freshman, um, and he had saw. So- I mean, his sophomore and uh, junior years weren't, you know, fantastic. But, again, take a shot on a guy here because – at this point, I don't I don't know any talent that's that I'm like dying to go have. And in Dows, you get the next pick, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But no, I, I agree with you. I like that pick there um, for all the reasons you said. And I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't have a guy I'm dying to get, but there's one guy I'd like to take a shot on. If and again, we keep saying if he lands in the right situation, and we obviously don't know that. But one guy I'm very intrigued by, and I've actually changed course on this guy a lot since our last podcast was Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. He's only 5'8", but he's 201 at the running back position. He played all 14 games. He had uh, he, he only was out-attempted by Najee Harris at 251 rushing attempts. He had 231. Nobody else is even over 200. Like That's that's a huge workload. But on top of that, he out-touched him in the passing game with 51 receptions. Like This guy had 1,459 rushing yards with 610 receiving yards, so over uh, 2,000 all-purpose yards. And he ran a 4-4 with 21 bench reps at 225. Like, he's fast, he's strong, he's durable. He can clearly handle a workload. The thing, he came out of Memphis, like, okay, that's not a premier elite school. I'll give you that. But somebody has to run the ball and somebody has to get those yards. And some of these guys still go to the league. So it's not like these stats don't count. I'm really, really interested in to see what he can do if he gets in, into a situation where he's going to get the opportunity to actually play, handle the ball, and contribute. Now, realistically, he's probably going to a team where he's going to be a 1B or the second option or a change of pace guy until he can carve out a role. But if he's got a team where that role carving out is foreseeable or, or reasonable to expect in a year or two, he's a fantastic pick at 12 overall. Yeah, I, and I, actually, I was looking at Gainwell um, at 11. Uh, so I think this is a great pick. 
Now, I, I do now that we've all made our picks, um, I do just want to kind of look at what's still out there. Um, and, and you know, is there a guy that didn't get picked? I, I Real quick on Gainwell, uh, because this happened with CEH last year. If Kenneth Gainwell gets drafted by the Atlanta Falcons and people tell you he's a top three pick, please don't do that. I mean, that's what happened with CEH last year is, like, he fits the same exact mold as CEH caught 50 passes, small little guy, comes in the NFL, and he gets drafted as a pass-catching running back. He falls in a fantastic situation in Kansas City, and everybody goes, he's easily hands-down pick 101, no questions asked. Kenneth Gainwell, this he should be picked around this spot, and I think it's fantastic that this is where he is. If He should not be pushing the top four. He should not be pushing tier one, depending on even whatever spot he goes to. If he goes to Atlanta, Kenneth Gainwell is not pick four all of a sudden, right? Right, because even last year we had JT, Dobbins, Akers, DeAndre Swift, Swift and then CEH. Everybody freaked out because CEH goes to KC and he's the number one guy. Well, guess what? JT, Akers, Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, have already shown that they're going to outclass him for the, probably the rest of their careers. Right, right. And it and, took him half a season to get there. And they arguably— just, They just didn't have the role in week one. Uh, no, exactly. And I mean, and if we sat there and DeAndre Swift got drafted to Indianapolis, everybody's number one remains everybody's number one, right? I mean, right. I think everybody looked at DeAndre Swift and said that that's the most talented running back in this class, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, then, and then he lands in Detroit. Detroit. And then he lands <laughs> in Detroit. And they go, shit, this sucks. I don't know what to do. I should freak out and take CEH. No, 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 no. Hold the line. Right. Um, love isn't always on time. I love I love patting myself on the back. I still I still love JT number one. But yeah, you was, nailed that one. That was, that I was, need to that uh, was just add me. in that we got <laughs> the full details of the uh, James Conner deal, and it's $1.25 million base at $500 million signing bonus. So it's better than the vet minimum, but it is a little I'm sorry, what was the signing bonus, Greg? It's, 500 million? It's going to be 500,000. 500 million? Yo, he signed Pat Mahomes' contract? <laughs> oh, shit. You know uh, what? I think that's a good deal. You know what? That... That is one of the most unfortunate moves, I think, in the offseason. I mean, I think it was a smart move by Arizona, but, like, I really it's wanted good, them to draft a running football. back. It's good for real yeah, football. It's, it's good, good for, for real football. James Conner is going to do a lot for that team in a real football sense. But as far as fantasy production, you know, him and Chase Edmonds doing the 1A, 1B thing and splitting that that as a committee, it's you're not going to get great production out of either one no. of them. And it sucks because Chase Edmonds showed that he could have been, like, possibly an RB1 if he just had that system to himself. So having James Conner land there is great for the Cardinals in real football, but for for fantasy football, it's like it, it's a double whammy for Edmonds and Conner. And because I really look at it, and I'm like, okay, so James Conner is going to do Kenyon Drake's role. It's like, okay, great. Well, Kenyon Drake's role was an RB14, and James Conner doesn't catch as many passes as he does. So right. Chase right. Edmonds goes up a bit with the pass-catching work and maybe a few more – uh, touches, especially when Connor inevitably gets injured, and then Connor does even less than Kendrick, so he's what an RB two ceiling. Let me put my head through a table. Ceiling, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not better. Well, than man, go trade him, trade him for him. Then when they draft Kenneth Gainwell, yeah, if they draft a running back, all bets are off. Like I, I quit. I quit fantasy football. Well, I mean, this says that Pittsburgh's got to be drafting a running back, right? I mean, yeah, I would think. So, I, I would think so. that's. That's where I mean, unless, unless they're all in, in on unless they're all in on Benny Snell, 
where this is where we're hoping Harris, Etn, that that type of player goes to a get Pittsburgh. him into that system. Yeah. I think the funny that, thing that is that James spot. Connor is now making closer to the forty eight dollars that I'm paying him in our dynasty league than to his original <laughs> Pittsburgh salary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's brutal. Well. Um, I I do think if Harris gets drafted by Pittsburgh, I that there's no more discussion about who pick one on one is. No. Yeah. Nope. None. It's um, a great situation for any talented running back. All right. So we made our twelve picks. Um, we don't need to elaborate, but if we go around the room real quick, is there anybody that you feel like might also be in the discussion for a top twelve pick? Um. I I will toss out uh let me let me where's his name? I, I think Bateman would be a candidate yep. for a top twelve pick. And you um, mentioned Michael Carter, he's right on the fence yep. too. I mentioned Michael Trey Carter Sermon. and same Trey with Trey Sermon. Sermon. Yep. I know Craig really likes Trey Sermon. Um I'm I love on I'm on Ross St. Brown, but I know that's just me. I don't think he's a top twelve guy. Top twelve guy here's the I thing. Mean, realistically we've already kinda hit on him. Okay. I would say Justin Fields or any of the top four quarterbacks, if they land in the right spot. So Lawrence is obviously a top 12, but Fields, Wilson, Lance, even Mac Jones. If they go to a decent landing spot, I could see them being 10, 11, 12. That's about it. I mean, if you need, if you're in a dynasty league and you need a quarterback and you yeah. maybe you don't need a wide receiver or running back, if you're stacked at that position and you got picked, you know, 12, Take a shot on one of those on one of those quarterbacks. Sure, I mean if you, if you're in a super flex league, which are are very rare, uh, which is why we did not tailor this to super flex. You would see all of those guys picked, um, right? If you're in super the first flex, round, top four guys. Um, uh, which I actually am in a super flex league, so that might be a little bit interesting to see. I have pick 105 in that, so it might be interesting to see who's there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take Kyle Pitts. I'll pick him in uh, one draft and in. in uh, Grab somebody else another. Um, what about busts? Do you guys have landmines that you think you want to avoid? Like, for me, I think, like, Chuba Hubbard is, like, a dangerous, dangerous pick for somebody to get stuck into, you know? I love Chuba Hubbard, but I love him. Really? I love him late. Like, not, not oh. as, like, I'm not, I'm not staking my team on him, but I think he's a nice yeah. flyer. But I think look, somebody's going to end up picking him in the first round of a dynasty draft or like the right. early second round of a dynasty draft. And he I think that you might, you might get into big trouble with the way that he runs. You know, that upright running style does not usually play in the NFL for very long. Yeah. I mean, he's a big question mark. Um, I love Ramondre Stevenson too. Actually, I want to mention him in uh, a potential top 12. But yeah, God, I'm trying to think guys that are a huge potential so, landmine. So I, I wanted to double back on Carter and Williams, too, because I think that both of them are a landmine. I mean, this is like a Marion Barber, Lawrence Maroney, uh, you know, uh, Damian Harris. And who is he running with? You know, like there, there's a reason that Javante Williams didn't get 210 carries in NFL and Michael Carter carved in 156. You know what I mean? There's a reason yeah. that Carter didn't get 210 carries and, and Williams got less. So. There's a reason, you know, North Carolina distributed the ball the way that they distributed it. And I don't know that it's – I don't know that you can look at there and look at those numbers and go, these are NFL-ready backs. I mean, looking at the tape on Javante Williams, I like it. But, like, oh, again, like he's NFL ready. He, he could bust. <laughs> uh, but he could bust. I mean, like, again, there's a reason why he only had 157 carries. I mean, there is something to be said about – 
you know, yeah, college dominators. Right, but is, but that's like Sony Michelle Nick Chubb territory. That's, right, that's, exactly. That's the point. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Is like I don't think it's more one was better than the other. I think it's they scouted and you know recruited both of them at the same time, and it just happened to be a really fantastic situation. For I mean, Sony they, Michelle they sucked. Abundance. Yeah, Sony Michelle There's sucks. A... Maroney <laughs> it sucked. So I mean, there, there's, there's one in each of those pairs that have busted. And what but I'm saying Chubb, is that Chubb one of these Gurley doing... did run together, you know. And when Gurley went down, yeah, and Chubb true. came in. Chubb let the world on fire, and Chubb is, in my opinion, you know, still, still the, the best back in the league. Yeah. There's also a very specific set or sect, rather, of uh, Dynasty football Twitter, specifically Dynasty tight end football Twitter, that's talking about <laughs> Fryermuth and uh, Brevin Jordan as legitimate high tier picks, and it's honestly alarming please don't listen to these psychopaths on twitter like these guys just have nothing better to do than fire off hot takes about blocking tight ends it's kyle pitts and everybody else right like yeah they they want to make you think that because you're six five or six six and 250 plus that he could be baby gronk everyone tries to be baby gronk it it doesn't work okay there's only one (laughs) that can be only one and even at that, I mean, baby Gronk, when's he get injured? <laughs> I mean, when's he get hurt and get a bionic arm? I mean, exactly. uh, you know, uh, anyway. Um, okay. All right. So we're about 50 minutes in. We've got uh, a nice 12-team uh, or 12-pick uh, rookie mock draft that we just went through. Some some sleeper guys, some guys we think that you might want to try and avoid. Again, draft is when? It's uh, April 29th, 20, right? Yeah, 29th. 29th to uh, May 3rd, I believe. So as we head into that, and, and this is probably what May we'll be 1st. doing as we uh, – oh, May 1st, excuse me. As we head up to that that weekend, right, we'll be having more and more rookie content going out. I know Craig's uh, been putting together his athletic scores, so you've been hearing us reference that quite often throughout um, this podcast. Those they're be, done in, on the website. They are on the website. So they're up They're on the website. So topshelffantasy.com. You can go ahead and check those out. Did you post the, um, did you post the write-ups for each of the rookies as well? Nope. Okay. Not so yet. those, Write-ups so those will done, be up, but they're so, there. so those will be up. So we have a lot of rookie content coming up and, and I think this is the, this next two, three weeks is going to be dedicated to rookies taking a look at some of them i mean i don't know maybe shit maybe we'll even sit here and just look at film together like you know this is what i see on this guy this is what i see on this guy i mean there's a case to be made for some of these guys when you watch them run the football and go i don't really give a shit what his numbers were this guy can play or even though this guy's numbers are fantastic he looks like absolute dirt on the football field so i mean maybe yeah. that's something we could do as well yeah um, we kicked around we'll do that we think we kicked around on the idea of doing another dynasty startup mock that like a full dynasty draft startup um we got the actual nfl mock that craig and i and well really all of us we put together with our actual slotted picks per per pick per round for the first full round all 32 teams once again that coming your way more accurate than mel kuyper and todd mcshay yeah kuyper and mcshay can suck it um i don't even know what else we got we got we're gonna do more mocks as we get closer and closer and then as soon then as the sure... NFL draft actually hits, then we're like we're men on fire. We're doing mocks right. every friggin' week. Well, and that's I'm where sure we we'll start redo this rank. practice once the draft landing spots have happened too. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, maybe we can grab some more guys to come in here so you have real drafts. I mean, we'll probably go four rounds once we find out the landing spots for all rookies so everybody gets a sense of, okay, well, you did the top 12 picks, great, but, like, I've got five in the second round. What do I do with those picks? You know what I mean? Um, and we maybe yep. we can even talk some strategy of, you know, well, you take, like, four of those picks and you move up to 107, like, because who gives a shit about that? Go get yourself, you know, Devontae Smith or, or something at 107. Um I also wanted to uh, – I, I, I feel like I had something I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. I know um, Jeff and and Baldy, you the book burners, um, do you guys have any future picks? Did we already ex- like go over future picks? Because if you didn't, maybe we should for – NFL, For NFL futures? Yeah, for NFL futures. I mean, maybe we can do a podcast on that as well. So, I mean, again – TopShelfFantasy.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TopShelfFNTSY. You can follow the burners at uh, TSF Book Burners on Twitter as well. Uh, so a lot of stuff going over, uh, going on in the, la- the next, I don't know, month or so. And we got rankings coming out the second that um, the draft happens and we have divisional previews. So, I mean, I think that's kind of schedule-wise how everything's going to line up for us. Um, we need listener league entries, so I'm going to push that one more time. So, uh, top shelf FNTSY on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't know. I think Scotty goes through the DMs or, or, uh, the, the inbox messages or whatever. So contact us that way. Let us know you want to be a part of that. Um, and we'll probably put up what the prize is, uh, shortly. I would imagine we have to go on to some auction website to go grab that. So, all right. I think, I, I think that was everything. I feel like I'm missing yeah. something. Um, but okay, I think you covered it three times over. Did, did I did I say it that many times? I I honestly don't know because I feel incredibly scatterbrained. I'm looking at about I'm fifteen just, different. I got it. I was trying to see if I had any NFL futures. I don't, but I do have the the Bruins oh. winning the cup for fifty bucks to pay out nine hundred. For NFL futures, I think there's amazing value on the Indianapolis Colts right now. I think getting them, I got them. I don't know, two or three weeks ago at plus twenty five hundred, and I think if. If Carson Wentz playing under Frank Wright can be the Carson Wentz of the last time he played under Frank Wright, you know, last year the Colts were a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. Now they're 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 going off at plus twenty five hundred, and I just think like they really should be slotted at like twelve hundred or fifteen hundred, yeah. you know. So I mean, like I just think you're getting really good value there. But even at that value, you know, you're still talking like a one in ten shot. But I just think you're getting a really good number for their potential. So the Indianapolis Colts right now would be my for sure locked in future bet right now. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I don't know what the skins are going off as, or sorry, the Washington football team, but that's another <laughs> team I would look at heavily. Yeah. We, we talked about the red skins at one point about being a team. I know Corey and I are really interested in watching. Um, I I'll go make a drive up to New Hampshire and make a bet on, uh, on Indy. <laughs> they, they've been I a quarterback away for five years and they've yeah. got an elite defense, a good running game. They added a receiver skins Morgan. are at plus 5,000 right now. Ooh, I'll bet them for a hundred bucks. <laughs> we'll go make the drive up to New Hampshire and make our bets. Um, <laughs> But we'll 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 have to have some uh, some some time dedicated just to NFL future uh, talks yeah. as well. Um, so again, all right. So burners TSF book burners on Twitter. I don't think you guys have an Instagram or Facebook, so it's no. just just the Twitter TSF book burners. TopShelfFantasy.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. TopShelfFNTSF. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. 
Stables. Thank you.